0: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
1: So are we all comfortable? I'm not really, but let us begin as we'd retro ups and downs Survivor Series 2012. Because Of course, it's all about the debut of The Shield. They turned up at the end of this pay-per-view and they caused a massive fuss. Mr. Rollins, Dean Ambrose, and Roman Reigns had been earmarked for a big old push ever since they did arrive in the WWE system. actually, the best part about all this, when you do go back in time, is the general reaction. Because people were pumped that a bunch of new faces had just debuted on the main roster and done it in a powerful way, in the sense that they murked John Cena, <laughs> while well, everybody else just wanted to talk about promos. And that was aimed more specifically at Roman and Seth, because the idea was, oh man, they're really going to have to get better at these. But when it came to Ambrose, the general consensus was, actually, that dude is pretty good. And doesn't that just tie in? And despite the fact that during this era too, WWE would give up on a lot of new talent, They didn't with this trio. And look where we are in 2023. They are literally sat on top. Not literally, two different companies. Maybe we didn't think that 10 years ago because we didn't even know what an AEW was. Speaking about All Elite Wrestling to WWE, Cody Rhodes was meant to be on this show, but he got really injured. It all came after he took just a back body drop from Kane, but my word, he separated his shoulder, he tore his deltoid, he had a bunch of injuries, so he wasn't able to compete. So the next time you see somebody do a flippy-dippy move and go, ha ha ha, botch, maybe don't do that, and just go, phew, thank goodness they're okay. Unless they're not okay, if you say that, you'll be weird. WWE was also planning a DVD to celebrate their 50th anniversary. I don't think that ever did come out. And talking about stuff like DVDs, it was also this month when the WWE ended their deal with Silver Vision. Now look, unless you're in the UK, you don't understand this, but when we were growing up, Silver Vision was everything, and then WWE just killed it. Not gotten over it. Digital media was actually running wild in 2012, because do you know why The Miz is the babyface at Survivor Series? Because he had two movies coming out in 2013, The WWE decided to tie it all in. I don't know why I spat. It is also kind of timely as well, because there was also a lot of hoorah about the fact that CM Punk was tweeting, well, WWE isn't really supporting the fact that I'm on the Talking Dead show and also not talking about the fact (laughs) that I'm going to be involved in the Chicago Thanksgiving Day Parade. The more things change. So in front of just 8,500 people in Indiana, which once again kind of sums up business at the time, and 212,000 people on pay-per-view, let us take the finger of power and give the good bits an up the bad bits are down, parity for Survivor Series 2012. I hate my life. So guess how WWE started this pay-per-view with a match that hadn't been announced. That's how topsy-turvy things were. I mean, I think someone backstage was just like, oh wait, it is Survivor Series, so we should do a traditional Survivor Series match, so they just wheeled out two teams. So we had Sin Cara, Tyson Kidd, Justin Gabriel, Brodus Clay, and Flippin' Rey Mysterio versus Hensai, the primetime players, and Primo and Epico. I mean, who put that together? Just to underline how badly the Brodus K character had gone too, and don't forget he was a dinosaur, only one person on the Babyface team got eliminated. <laughs> that's right, it was him. The thing is, though, listen to who else was in this. Rey Mysterio, who hit on Retro Ups and Downs, continually proves how great he is, and Simkara. Now, admittedly, he would fall down a lot, but when he got going, it was spectacular. You also had Tyson Kidd and Justin Gabriel, who were massively underrated talents. When they got into the meat and bones of this, I don't know what that is, it's pretty damn good. You also had Clay and Tensai, and WWE wanted to sell this as oh my gosh, you got big men slapping man meat. But obviously, 2012 was before we'd established big men slapping man meat. So, what they do is do some slapping. Well, the meat ain't all that great. Mysterio and Sin Cara realised that, and they do these two incredible acai moonsaults at the same time. When Tensai grabbed Ray, just went slam, slam 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 it was like playing a newbie at wwe 2k 23. rodus then did the worst suplex you've ever seen onto tensai who landed right on his face this is honestly what i was doing when he ran at him hit tina the turnbuckle and he got pinned. i was like man it sucks to be you. tensai also helped because he busted out a senton well, he did it again. He just went sent on, sent on, sent on, sent on. I'm like, is your controller broken, Tensai? Is that what's going on here? And after a while, Justin Gabriel figured it out, so we hit him with the most devastating move in all sports entertainment surprise roll-up, and he pinned him. Tyson Kidd then got rid of Tyson O'Neill with this amazing over-the-top rope surprise roll-up. That looked really good. When Epico must have taken inspiration from Tensai, because he did the same damn thing. Because he just went back suplex, back suplex, back suplex, back suplex. I can't even say it. When Tyson was like, all right, I'll put you on the sharpshooter, and he tapped out. What an idiot. Mysterio then missed with the first 619, because some things never change. When he hit Primo with the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. Three. Three in one match. It didn't mean the last guy was Darren Young, and this poor schmo, he got hit with everybody's finishes and then he got pinned for the one, two, three. But look, this was entertaining. It was a fine opener. You'd never have to think about it again. Which is when the following definitely happened. Oksana, wearing a wig, tried to beat up Caitlyn, but Caitlyn realised it was Oksana, removed her wig, and beat her up instead, when Eve Torres walked in, pretended she cared, but she clearly didn't, so Caitlyn punched her right in the face the flub was that? It also meant it was time for Eve Torres versus Caitlyn for the Divas title, and this was something. But the best part is when Torres was winning and she stood on Caitlyn like waving to the crowd like she was part of some parade, but we all know the deal here, we do go back to 2012, when WWE used to tell the women, you're not allowed to wrestle like men. Which is genuinely one of the worst things they've ever said. We also made sure that Caitlyn looked like an idiot because Eve tripped her on the apron before she hit a neckbreaker to break her neck. And she got the one, two, three. The fans didn't care about this, but it's nobody's fault because it was designed for you not to care. And when you're trying to fight that battle, well, sometimes you just have to accept your lot and it does get a down. When we cut to Team Foley, they were in a right spot of bother oh no this is because kofi kings and the miz had fallen out and they were arguing and so was kane and daniel Bryan, as randy Orton sat in the corner just seeding i mean we should have seen this coming because it's like telling the batman oh would you like to go and have some pizza with the joker and after foley had calmed everybody down i was like what well, he did that in about 3.5 seconds it can't have been that big of a deal he then approached randy who had been quiet the entire time and said are you ready and all oh, just went i hate you <laughs> genuinely made me laugh I miss Randy Orton. Well, I thought, huh, we're gonna get some proper wrestling. Whatever that means. But Cesaro came out as the US champion because he's still pretty brand new in WWE. Vince McMahon had clearly gone, oh my gosh, he's not from America. You should run the country down. So he's all like, oh man, Thanksgiving sucks and you're all fat and the economy is rubbish. Like, can you imagine? Get a man of that. Boo! How dare you talk about the economy! I don't think anybody cares. He was also taken on R-Truth, though. and then once again, I was like, oh, wait, this is 10 years ago. The like, WWE just didn't give a flub about the secondary titles. So they do have a decent six minutes match. That's all I can tell you. Honestly, there's nothing else to report. They did some moves. R-Truth missed the axe kick. He got hit with a sagat uppercut, hit with a neutralizer. One, two, three. And if you do actually go and watch this pay-per-view, and you want to just skip it, you probably could and your life would be exactly the same. But look, they tried hard, so I shall give it an up. (laughs) My word, the definition of pointless. I suppose it was setting up what was next, (laughs) because we went full-on sports entertainment. Just building up to the Survivor Series, AJ Lee and Vicky Guerrero had fallen out, because AJ was sick and tired of Vicky going, ha ha, you're having an affair with John Cena, which actually wasn't true. Therefore, Lee thinks Vicky is a witch, or maybe a word that rhymes with witch, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, Well out came Vicky Guerrero using that voice that would summon cats as AJ Lee started to show a bunch of Photoshop pictures on the big screen that kind of put Vicky Guerrero in some precarious situations. So we saw her, all this is true, having burritos with Ricardo Rodriguez. She was stood there with Jim Ross and there was a bunch of like kissy lipstick marks and she was dancing in a bedroom with Brodus Clay. And I watched this and I thought to myself, Maybe I'd rather be dead. I mean, I no wonder I deleted this from my brain. It got even more silly, because Lee was like, oh, that's right. We can't hit each other, because the board of directors have said we can't. What? From nowhere, Tamina, no one is Mina, all of a sudden appeared. And she walloped and took out AJ Lee, and the fans didn't make any noise. Because of course they didn't. They'd just seen Photoshop pictures. It really is bad, though. It's not done well. And while Vicky and AJ knew their way around a microphone story... It's just absolute baloney to the point I'm now trying to wipe off my skin. getting it down.
0: There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.
1: We also got a Paul Heyman interview because, of course, it was going to be CM Punk versus John Cena versus Ryback in the main event. He was just like CM Punk has held that belt for a long time. It was when he had it for like 400 plus days. And if you think he's losing, you are totally wrong. When WWE lost the damn plot. Now stick with me, I shall try and explain this as best I can. For it was Sheamus versus the Big Show for the World Heavyweight Championship. And because the Big Show is much bigger than the Irishman, he just slapped him around for a while until his white skin turned a pale of red. A pale of red? A shade of red. I'm an idiot. Seamus also got thrown into Rita The Ring post, so he was like, Ow, oh, on my shoulder. But at one point, the Big Show climbed up on the ropes, Sheamus got underneath him in the crotch area and gave him this electric chair and all of a sudden the fans did come unglued. That's pretty good. It also happened again when we got to the near falls because Sheamus picked up the Big Show and gave him a white noise for a one two ooh. And I tell you, that did look damn impressive. He obviously was going to follow this up with a Brogue Kick when that Dick Big Show pulled the referee in the way. And I don't know what happened here. Here's where it gets really silly billy. Because even though wrestling referees get taken out all the time, All of a sudden, everybody was so concerned. Sheamus was concerned, officials were concerned, other referees were concerned. They just like made this circle of life and they were like, please be okay. In the meantime, though, Sho appeared behind Sheamus. He hit him with a knockout punch and he pinned him. And because there was another random ref in the ring, he just fell down and went one, two, three. This would be like a doctor going to you, look, I'll be back in one second, when another doctor walks in and goes, I'm so, so sorry, you're definitely ill. Who are you? We then even acted like the Big Show had become champion when another referee went to Justin Roberts, the announcer, and he went, oh, nope, we changed our minds. We are disqualifying the Big Show because he did indeed attack a referee. So even though we ignore this in 99.9% of all of the matches, Fuck you. Seamus then destroyed the big show with a chair because I don't think we had done enough. This was an absolute rollercoaster. It's so strange. It doesn't make any sense. And by the end of it, I was questioning whether I was real or not. You gotta watch it. You gotta watch it. I don't know what anybody was thinking other than, well, we don't want anyone to lose. That's why it's getting her down. It was then Survivor Series match number two after this, Team Ziggler versus Team Foley. So that was Ziggler, Alberto Dario, Wade Barrett, David Antunga, and Damian Sandow taking on The Miz, Daniel Bryan, Kane, Randy Orton. Because nothing on this show could be straightforward. All of a sudden, Sandow is like, "Now I don't want anything to do with this. And he starts to leave. When Kane grabs him, throws him in the ring, Daniel Bryan kicked him in the head, Kane gave him the chokeslam, one, two, three. I mean, he was gone like he was nothing. Poor, poor man. Kane and Daniel then start arguing instantly because that was the whole gimmick. When Ziggler is like, all right. And he snuck up behind Kane, he gives him the zigzag and he's gone too. My first thought was, well, we definitely wouldn't have done that in 1997. Dolph then reminded everybody that he is one of the best sellers in the game because Tophy Kingston gives him this flip and he somehow rotates 792 times before he lands on his face when Brian is back in and he locks in the yes lock onto David Artunga who taps out. Although actually we call it the no lock. Wrestling is dumb. Baron then got bored, so he absolutely wrecked Kofi with his awesome boss man slam and hit the bullhammer elbow to get the one, two, three. When, I can't believe this, Daniel Bryan locked in the yes lock that's no lock onto Alberto de Rio, who reversed it into the arm bar and Daniel Bryan taps out. What? now this is why i enjoy the fact that these days we do treat brian danielson like a warrior because he should be protected and ironically i was all like no 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 to the point i'm giving this very specific segment a down we then pretended like something bad was going to happen because none of the remaining people actually liked each other when the miz was like well i haven't done anything so he got in there and he hit the skull crushing finale onto wade barrett and he beat him i'm like man honestly, i don't see coming miz then wanted to be Brody's clay so he too went right into t- of the turnbuckle when Del Rio just gave him an Inseguri to the back of the head, and he pinned him too. He won with an Inseguri. We are not in Kansas anymore, Toho. This is, of course, when Mick Foley and Ricardo Rodriguez started fighting, and this just blew my mind. Mostly because I was like, you would have told me this was going to happen after you got thrown off the hell in a cell, mankind. Well, I don't think I believed it. There was then this great reversal spot between Randy Orton and Alberto who went for the arm bar but instead got absolutely wrecked with the RKO, meaning our last two guys were the man who hears voices in his head and Dolph Ziggler, and I said, you're damn right. They also put on a mini clinic and hit each other so hard Orton was bleeding from the mouth and when Ziggler hit the zigzag for the one 2 ooh, I was totally into it. And I also don't remember who the hell won this. I haven't gone back to watch Survivor Series 2012. And after Randy had hit the draping DDT, He was gonna go for the RKO, but instead decided to give Dolph the punt. Commentators just gave the finish away, because JPL was like, what's he doing? He's taking so long, which was true, because Ziggler got back to his feet, he hit the kick that was super, and he got the one, two, three. Honestly, that was so well done. Plus, it makes you feel warm and fuzzy in your tum tum. One of these few moments, Dolphy Boy actually got his. So this is just a really fun Survivor Series match, so I am going to give it an up. But do not watch it if you don't want to hear the announced team reminding you that Kofi Kingston just wants to have fun about 978 times. Yes, I get it. He likes Cindy Lauper. WWE then promoted Tout, so I was on the floor laughing. And this is also when we got the last of these. Well, what does The Rock think about Survivor Series? Let's check out his Twitter. Why would I get what The Rock thinks about the Survivor Series? I'm still confused by this. But also, man, it was main event time for the WWE title, John Cena vs. Ryback vs. CM Punk. That's fine. It is still really weird, though, because even though Ryback was super over in 2012, this just didn't click. And if you kind of listen to the fans, they just wanted to see CM Punk vs. John Cena. Also, the writing was definitely on the wall here. Mr. Feed Me More was heading in the wrong direction. Don't tell him, though. He'll get mad. You also get to watch everything between Ryback and Punk and go, Tee-hee, is something bad going to happen because of podcasts? Although we did put him over like a monster here. At one point, John Cena slammed him, Ryback popped right back up. He also hurls both guys over the top rope when Cena and Punk are like, well, we're going to have to work together to get rid of this guy. And they actually do do that. They throw him through the announce table. It means you do get this face off, and that's when the crowd does get a little bit more excited. And Also, because this is a main event after WrestleMania 17, all of a sudden, Punk hit the GTS, John Cena kicks out. So John Cena hits the AA, and CM Punk kicks out, and you sit there going, what is even the point of having a finish? It's also when the breakup started, and I don't mean relationships, there weren't two people in the crowd going, I can't believe you don't love me anymore. Because Cena goes to the STF, but Ryback is back, so he stops that, and then he goes for a shell shock on Punk, but John Cena stops that, which annoys Ryback, so he just keeps hitting shell-shocked until he's bored of hitting shell-shocked. I know what I'm talking about. The whole point, though, is that he has massacred everyone, meaning he probably is going to win when three masked men come through the crowd. They get into the squared circle. They just create chaos. I mean, not only do they take out Cena, but they grab Ryback and throw him to another table. Poor guy. And of course, it is The Shield. Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose. And in the fracas, Punk's like, well. John Cena is dead, and he pins him one, two, three. And don't forget too, the reason we did do this is because originally The Shield were meant to protect Punk. They were going to be the reason he held on to his title before we went in a very different direction. But as far as debuts go, you can't fault it. To the point, I don't understand why WWE hasn't done it again. I mean, it's been 11 years. What's old is new again, but I'm giving it enough. Knowing what we do know now... Made me feel all excited in my Tootsie Doll. And I shall leave you with a Wrestling Observer star rating so you can get mad about those, because the opening tag match got three stars. Eve versus Kate got one star. Zara vs. R-Truth got one and a half stars. Seamus vs. Big Show got two and a half stars. The second Survivor Series match got three and a half stars. The main event got what is probably a very fair three stars. And overall, I will give Survivor Series 2012 and up, but it probably doesn't deserve it, because without those two Survivor Series matches, everything else is actually skiffable. However, just really like seeing Rey Mysterio. That's the truth. What a legend. Uh, Now, of course, please do leave a comment below and let us know what you think about Survivor Series 2012 and other suggestions for retro ups and downs. There'll also be a retro ups and downs on the screen, so kick that. To continue your retro journey, and you like the video, you share the video, you subscribe, go to whatculture.com, follow us on social media, but ultimately, make sure we keep the past alive by talking about it in the future and just wasting all of our times. Agreed? I agree. Goodbye.